0: The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Are you in debt up to your eyeballs? Do you have more month than you have money? Debt always makes you a prisoner of your past. It takes about two seconds to go into debt and years to pay it off. As quickly as you swipe the credit card or sign the loan agreement, the chains of financial slavery wrap around you. Tighter and tighter they wrap as you spend money you don't have. God will help you break free of the debt trap if you're willing to pursue financial freedom His way. Jesus said the truth will set you free. That includes the truth about money. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now.
1: Hello, and welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Thanks for spending part of your day here with us. And today, Ron takes us to the all-too-familiar problem of consumer debt. Many people struggle to make ends meet, and part of the problem is they've made a bad choice or two along the way. How can you get debt-free? What is God's plan for your finances? Find out next as Ron continues his teaching series, His Money, Your Faith. Stay with us or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. From Proverbs chapter 22, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, breaking free of the debt trap.
0: I want to begin in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10. We've been here once before in our study, but it's a good starting place again. Paul writes to Timothy, a young protege in the ministry, and he says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. He goes on to say, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. He says, some have fallen into temptation and a trap over money. I want to talk to you today about breaking free of the debt trap. You know, there are many perils along the road to prosperity, and there are as many traps to avoid as there are treasures to enjoy. I remember years ago, I made a deposit at my local bank. It wasn't a big deposit, just an everyday deposit. And I got the deposit receipt. And at the bottom of the deposit receipt, I saw these words, let us help you realize your dreams. Well, I have a lot of dreams. You have a lot of dreams. And I'm open to anybody to help help me realize the dreams that I have. So I read on a little bit further, and there were several bullet points there, and it said mortgage loans, home equity loans, student loans, car loans, credit cards. And what I soon discovered was that their way of helping me realize my dreams was me borrowing money from them. I'm not against bankers or banking or any of that. They do a, a great service in our culture today, but... I learned a long time ago, and I learned from the pages of Scripture, you can't can't borrow your way to financial freedom. And so God God has a different plan for us and a a different way for us to go. He he warns us in Scripture about wanting to get rich, Uh, for that to be such the the passionate uh, drive in our our beings to want to get rich and have more money and the things that money could buy. Remember last week we defined financial freedom as free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously, and free to have fun. And today we want to get after the first part of that, the debt thing. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7, which tells us the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Remember last week we said that debt makes you a prisoner of your past, and it does. It enslaves you to the lender from whom you borrowed the money. But debt also presumes upon the future. When we sign a debt obligation, when you sign one or when I sign one, whether it's a simple credit card or a mortgage loan or whatever it might be, what we're saying is, I don't have the money today, but sometime in the future I will. I hope to. Uh, that's, That's making a big assumption. It's presuming upon the future. You may or may not have the gainful employment that you have today to be able to make those payments and so on and so forth. So debt not only makes us a prisoner of our past it presumes upon the future but it also perhaps limits God's ability to show us a better plan. And he always has a better plan if we're willing to look for it. In the Old Testament when you study the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, God had an economy that he set up for the people and I was always interested to find this in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 12, where the Lord says to the nation of Israel, If you follow my ways, you will lend to many nations, but borrow from none. God wanted his people to be a creditor nation, not a debtor nation. Well, when you look at the United States of America today, I mean, the richest, most powerful economy on planet Earth, we're a debtor nation. You know who owns most of our debt? China, that's right. They bought most of our treasury bills. China owns us. And I love all the attention that our new president has given to China and to fair trade and all of that, but I'd love to be in the negotiating room because at any time, given the debt that China owe or holds on behalf of the United States, they could call that debt at any moment, call it due and cripple the United States. Uh, so we're, we're not the... A creditor nation that God would desire for his people. America is not the chosen people of God, but principally speaking here, the economy that God set up for his people was not a debtor economy. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, I love this. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. I don't know about you, but I want the Lord's blessing on my finances. Because when I do things God's way, it always yields a blessing, especially in the area of my finances. When I take the wisdom that he's given us in his word and I apply it into my life financially, the blessing of the Lord adds wealth and he adds no trouble to it. I know a lot of people who are in trouble financially because of the debt obligations they've gotten themselves into. They're a prisoner of the past. They presumed upon the future. Now it's time to maybe leave some room for God to show you another plan or a a better plan. Romans chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Now it's important to understand that debt is not a sin. It's just unwise. From the Bible's perspective, it's foolish for all the reasons that I just mentioned. But debt is not a sin. It's not, the 11th commandment does not say thou shalt not go into debt. Uh, the Bible just says that when you do, you know, borrower beware. Just be very careful before you enter into an obligation like that. And it's best, again, if you really want to be financially free, you're free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously, and free to have fun. With that in mind, let's talk about the five most common financial traps that people fall into. And then at the end of our time together, I'm going to be very practical, very pragmatic, and I'm going to give you an exercise to show you how to break free of the debt trap if you find yourself in there today. First of all, the five most common financial traps. Number one, and you you could probably list this one, is the credit card trap. The credit card trap. The average American today, I, I just checked these numbers this week, the average... American household today carries $16,000 in credit card debt. Now, there are two kinds of credit card users. There are transactors and there are revolvers. I'm a transactor. Catherine and I are transactors. We use a credit card, when we do, for a free 30-day loan because we pay it off in full, the bill at the end of the month. And as I said last time, I always encourage you, if you're going to use a credit card, make sure you have the money in the bank to pay off the bill before you use the credit card. Now, you're gonna be called a deadbeat in the credit card industry because they want you to be a revolver. They want you to pay that minimum payment. But do you know how long it would take to pay off $16,000 in credit card debt at, I don't know, 17, 18, maybe 20% interest? How long it would take to pay that off if you just made the minimum payment? It would take you longer than a 30-year mortgage. 33 years to be exact. And when you're done, you haven't spent $16,000. You spent that plus an additional twenty-four to $25,000 in interest. Now you know why Visa and MasterCard and all the credit card industry want you to be a revolver. Because they're charging enormous interest rates. And over the long haul, they've got this cash flow you know, from, from people like you and people like me. How how do we get into a trap like that? Well, there are a couple of ways. One, One is through our own consumer spending.
1: Up next, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Breaking Free of the Debt Trap. And if you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife Consider it our way of saying Thanks for being part of our radio listening family Stop by our new and improved website Somethinggoodradio.org And click the I'm new icon At the top of the homepage That's somethinggoodradio.org While you're there Share your prayer requests with us By clicking on explore at the top of the homepage And then scrolling down to the How can we pray for you option Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer So contact us anytime Consumer debt doesn't begin with the decision to buy something you can't afford. It starts much sooner, on the inside, where your will and your motivation can be found. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, breaking free of the debt trap.
0: Some of us are impulse buyers. We can't go online or into the shopping mall without buying something. And we bought into the lie that if it's 50% on sale, I, I just saved 50%. No, you didn't. You just spent 50%. <laughs> All right? Hmm, how, how, how does that work out? We're, we're impulse buyers, and, and um, we, we haven't learned the art of delayed gratification. Let me put this in the context of being a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. What does the world say? Don't deny yourself, indulge yourself. You deserve a break today. Get it now. 72 easy payments, right? <laughs> but as financial followers of Jesus, it's better if we say, no, I'm not going to do it now because I can't pay cash for it. Let's delay our gratification. Let's not buy that new dining room or living room set on credit because if you do, in the 18 months or so, it's going to be a worn-out couch. Cushions are squishy now. Dog hair all over it. Little Cheetos stain over here. Who wants to make payments on that? Your friends don't even want to come over and sit on that couch. So no, you delay your gratification. Hey, sit on the floor for a while. You'll, you'll be okay. And wait, save up, and then walk into that furniture store or elsewhere and pay cash for it. You'll appreciate it a whole lot more, too. And you might do away with the Cheetos along the way. I don't know. Credit card debt, uh, there's a wonderful new website I found and it's called Nerd Wallet. what a great, great website. Sean McQuay is the uh, banking expert there and he says the other reason we're in such credit card debt today is because of the rise in the cost of living has outpaced income growth over the last 13 years. Most Americans are feeling the pinch today Our our incomes are not keeping pace with the rising cost of living. Median household income has grown 28% since 2003 compared to expenses which have outpaced it significantly like medical costs that have increased 57%. We all know that, right? But add to that food and beverage prices that have gone up 36%. So you have median household incomes that are rising at this rate, expenses that are going up like this. By the way, when the government publishes the rate of inflation, I always, backside of my hiney gets a little bit burned up when they do because they don't take into consideration these expenses. They tell us inflation is two or three or four or 5%. No, it isn't. They don't factor in the 36% increase in food and beverage prices or the cost of medical increases. The real inflation rate is what we feel the pinch on. And so, as Sean McQuay says, taking on debt to cover the gap between income and expenses is a short-term fix with costly, long-term results. As I've said to you in weeks past, it takes a second to get into debt. Swipe your card, sign your name on a debt obligation. It takes Years to get out. And some of you are in the credit card debt, maybe on average, with sixteen thousand dollars. You're doing the minimum payment thing. Thirty-three years later, and a whole lot of money left later, you'll have that baby paid off. There's a better way. Jesus said in Luke chapter twelve and verse fifteen: Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of its possessions. Uh, the antidote to covetousness is, yes, delayed gratification and the contentment that comes with the present situation that I'm in. I can wait. I'm not going to fall prey to the culture that says, indulge yourself, do it now. No, I'm going I'm to be content. I'm going I'm to push aside covetousness and delay my gratification there. That's the credit card trap. Second is what I call the auto trap. I told you a story in week one about the auto trap I fell into just a year or two out of college and I bought an expensive car I couldn't afford. Spending money I didn't have to buy things I couldn't afford to impress people who didn't care. It was the fake it till you make it plan that I was on, and I fell right into the auto trap. I was driving myself to the poorhouse. And a lot of Americans are today. Because it's easy to get into the latest model. I remember Catherine and I were counseling a couple of years ago at a church we were serving in Texas and they were having troubles making ends meet. We did a spending analysis on their budget and uh, their ins and outs of their money flow, and discovered they had two car payments, two car payments that totaled about 12 to 1,500 dollars. Oh, they were driving beautiful cars, late model cars. I mean, the latest in all the technology, but they were driving themselves to the poorhouse. When you can identify expenses like that, you've got a decision to make, and that's where you need to sell those cars and buy ones. That you can afford. By the way, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I'd tell you how to pay cash for a car every time. I got a lot of feedback on that one. So here we go. Take some discipline. Uh, Catherine and I have four, four cars, one for each of us, as most families do. And then we have two college age kids. They, by golly, they need some transportation too, don't they? They move and groove, so they've got two cars. Uh, every one of them is paid off, paid cash for them. And here's how we did it. I learned years ago that. If, if I do this once on each car, I'll always pay cash for a car. That is, scrape together what you can to buy a car that is mechanically reliable and that you can drive. It isn't gonna be the car of your dreams. I guarantee you that. And you just drive that baby. You drive it until it drops out from under you. Okay. And while you're driving it, you're gonna make yourself a car payment over here. You're gonna put it in a savings account, an escrow account, Call it your car replacement fund. I recently bought a new car, first one I bought for myself in 13 years. I've been putting money aside for 13 years. Catherine said when she married Ron Jones, she didn't realize we drive cars for a long time. We do. I don't trade every two years and do that trade up and trade out thing. So my car that I I just bought a new one, My car that I had has, I don't know, 150-some thousand miles on it. I know where all the warts are, all the problems are. I don't want to buy your problems or somebody else's problems. So my daughter needed a car. That's hers. I hope it gets her through college. Okay? But it's paid off. It's paid off. (laughs) She wants to know what car it is. Here's what I'm telling you is, you make a car payment to your fund over here, at whatever pace you want, whatever car you want, all right, and you do that long enough, then you walk down to the car dealer and say, no, sir, I don't want your fleece, or I'm sorry, your lease, and you, you get some defibrillators ready when you say to him, I'm paying cash for my car, because that doesn't happen every day. I know, because I have some friends who own car dealerships, and they're just like, oh, no, you know, we, we do this car loan thing, and there's a cash flow to, no, just go in there and pay cash for it. You're making yourself a car payment. You do that once. You know, you delay your gratification. And then every time, you know, you're not going to be paying somebody else the interest on a car note. You're paying yourself in an interest-bearing account. And you'll, you'll be ahead there. So that's the auto trap. And then the credit card trap. The third one is what I call the mortgage trap. Listen to these words from uh, Nehemiah chapter 5 verses 1 to 3. Now there arose a great outcry of the people. We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our houses to get grain because of the famine. These are hard economic times during the time that Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. This this almost sounds like a a home equity loan here. They were mortgaging their fields and their homes and their land and their houses just to buy food at the grocery store. Those are hard times. And that cry is going out today, the mortgage cry. Three reasons for it is because, number one, most people buy more home than they can afford. Now, your mortgage lender is going to tell you, based on calculations they do, that he, he might lend you up to 35, I've even heard 40% of your household income and go to your mortgage. That's insanity.
1: Thanks for being here for today's Something Good Radio message, breaking free of the debt trap. And if you missed part of today's message or you'd like to hear it again, visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio.
0: If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, Every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828
1: Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. None of us can accomplish God's will without a little help. Today, with your help, Something Good Radio will keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, visit our new and improved website somethinggoodradio.org and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org or call 757-276-1099 If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'd love for you to have the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, His Money, Your Faith. That's all four messages in Ron's teaching series, His Money, Your Faith. It's our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. There's a lot of
0: discussion out there in the marketplace about debt consolidation loans and how that works with something like this. If you have you know, multiple high interest consumer obligations, multiple credit cards, let's say, somebody comes along and says, listen, let's consolidate your loans into one simple, easy payment at a lower interest rate. Sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Here's the problem. You haven't addressed the core reason why you got into the financial problems in the first place, the covetousness, okay, and the contentment you need to say no to the impulse buying and so forth. Uh, So, you know, what happens is people consolidate their loans, but according to studies, 70% of Americans end up in the worst position two years later. Why? Because once they consolidate their loans, now their four or five credit cards have zero balances on them. And they run up the credit cards again because they haven't changed their behavior. So three words around debt consolidation.
1: (laughs) Beware, beware, beware. The answer comes your way tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Breaking Free of the Debt trap. Join us then for something good and for Ron and the entire team here at something good radio. I'm Brian Davis. God bless. And thanks for listening.